everybody. Welcome to Hidden Gems Podcast. And this is a show where we like to talk about a streaming service and share with you some of the hidden gems that you can find on that service. But today we're doing something a little bit different and we are going to be previewing the various services for the month of March and April. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm film critic Rachel Wagner. Ryan is here. Hey, Rachel. It's great to be back with you once again. And, you know, it, we were talking about before we were recording, it was like, it feels like I haven't seen you in forever. It's only been a week, but it's just like, like it, I'm so used to recording with you on Monday nights or Tuesday yeah. nights. It just, it is like, I was just in like, what do I do? <laughs> so it's well, that's fun. good. I mean, at least you're not like, ah, oh, this is great. <laughs> Two weeks without I need to deal with this. So I'm glad. <laughs> is nice to see you. That is fun. Yeah. I missed you too. I really did. Uh, it's, it's a, I always enjoy our discussions. I think that we have enough similarities and enough differences to make it a good match. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. uh, like I said, we're, we complement each other. I like yeah. the stuff. You like the lighter stuff. We've got all of our, we've got our ground covered. Yeah, definitely. Uh, And I'm really excited about this preview because uh, there is a lot of variety and a lot of stuff that I was like, ooh, that looks interesting. (laughs) Yeah, when I was watching, when I was watching all these trailers, I was like, excited for that, excited for that, excited for that, excited for that. It was like one of the most consistent strings of looking forward to that, looking forward to that, that I've probably experienced ever since we've started doing these previews. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it was a really strong group because a lot of times the the best of the year don't go straight to streaming. So we don't preview them in uh, the show. Uh, so they, it'll be kind of maybe not as good of stuff, you know, that we're talking about, but I don't know these two months, a lot of good stuff. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking about it. But, uh, but let's dive in. So the first one that we have is Mogul Mowgli. And this is a British Pakistani rapper. He's on the cusp of his first world tour, but is struck down by illness that threatens to derail his big break. So this stars Raj Ahmed and uh, in, excuse me, this stars Raj Ahmed and Aisha Hart, and uh, yeah, what did you think about it? What did you think of the trailer? This was one that I really didn't know what to make of. I think, I think this trailer just seemed a bit weird to me. I mean, Riz Ahmed is a great actor, so I feel at the very least he's going to be good in it. But the trailer was kind of surreal to me. I was watching it, and I'm like, you know, it just feels like this rapper is just kind of like complaining and it's smash cutting to just various things that happen throughout. It's like, like, is there a story to any of this? And honestly, when you read the, when you read the description, I was like, I would have never have guessed any of that from the trailer. Yeah, it is kind of a artsy trailer, art house type trailer. Like you'd expect it to be from A24 or something like that. I think with the trailer, it's really hard not to compare this to the sound of metal. I mean, just because in both cases, in that case, he was a drummer. In this case, he's a rapper, but even the style and his appearance and the way it just feels very similar. And that movie was excellent. So I think it's a high bar to set to, but it's going to be on HBO max. It's already out on the, um, the, uh, first of March. 
Uh, so yeah, it can be interesting to, to check out maybe. Uh, what would you give one to five as far as your anticipation or excitement? I think just for Riz Ahmed, I'm going to give it a three. I have a very, I have a very good feeling that at the very least it will be acted very well. Yeah, I agree with you. That is also what I would give it. Yeah. Okay, then next we have The Dropout, and this is, t is a TV series. We do have a few TV series in here, but it's a TV series that chronicles Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes' attempt to revolutionize the healthcare industry after dropping out of college and starting a technology company. I mean, that, that description is not actually very accurate because it's not actually about her revolutionizing the healthcare industry. It's about her defrauding the healthcare industry. Um, and I really love movies like this about like uh, corporate, uh, greed and espionage and, and behind the scenes. And I don't know, I just, I, I love stories like that. And I think this looks great after I watched the preview, I'm like, I definitely going to watch this show. It looked really good to me. It's got Amanda Seyfried playing Elizabeth Holmes. And I remember watching on American Greed on MSNBC, I, I remember watching the episode on it, uh, Elizabeth Holmes, and I was like, "Whoa, crazy!" Uh, what she what she pulled off, and what she how she tricked everybody is it's really wild. So I'm definitely very interested in this. What did you think of the of the trailer? This was a trailer that I really loved. I, yeah. I this one because I'm not super duper familiar with this story. I watched one video of it. From this channel but i believe its name is the illuminati it, it, it's something it's a play on the illuminati but well and i guess there is a podcast called the dropout that is just about this whole case it's a true crime you know kind yeah. of podcast just from just from this description it literally legitimizes the phrase there is a sucker born every minute mm -hmm. yeah and uh, it has Naveen Andrews from Lost. It's got Kate McKinnon, William H. Macy. So, uh, you know, great cast. I, I just, I think it looks really good. Uh, so uh, that was on Hulu and it's out on the third. So I never already heard some buzz on Twitter and everything. People talking about that's good. So uh, what would you give it? One to five. I'm going to give this one a five. I really yeah. love this. I, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that this is going to be a sleeper hit for the year. Yeah, I mean, especially because they just had the Super Pumped show, which I was going to put on this. I couldn't remember if we talked about it last time. But I was really hyped for that with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Kyle Chandler. But it has been underwhelming. It's not terrible, but it's just been kind of bland. And it looked so good with such an amazing cast about the start of Uber. But uh, it hasn't been as good as I hoped. So this hopefully will be my, the, <laughs> what, will, what will excite me. Well, but, uh, a, yeah. a little later in the preview, we're going to be talking about one of those kind of like new age CEOs, the, the whole, the we work kind of thing. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a little later. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about Fresh. That is, come, is out now on Hulu. This is the horrors of modern dating seen through one young woman's defiant battle to survive her new boyfriend's unusual appetites. This stars Daisy Edgar Jones as Sebastian Stan. I watched half of this at Sundance <laughs> and I got to a certain point and I was just like, nope, that's it for me. I'm not watching this anymore. 
it was very well done. And people that are into that kind of thing will enjoy it. It was not for me. It was too scary. And, you know, like I'm a single woman and I still want to be able to date without like being completely petrified. So these kinds of stories, uh, <laughs> I mean, you don't know much going into movies at Sundance. You don't, sometimes you don't even have a summary. Um, so you take some, some risk I might otherwise not take. Uh, but, uh, but it's, it's, it is definitely really scary. And yeah, it was not, it like, it's good. This is well done. It's not for me. It's kind of like Roger Eber when he talked about naked lunch. Like I respect what he did and I hate it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this, this has been getting a lot of buzz that I've been seeing uh, this from all the reviews that I've read and thankfully have not been spoiled by because I do plan on watching and reviewing this. So I'm glad that it has stayed fresh for me, for lack of a better word. But from what I have heard, for the first 30 minutes, it's cool. And then things get nut, then things go nuts. So I am dreading slash looking forward to all of that. That's accurate. That's, that is accurate. Maybe even a little longer, like 40 minutes, uh, 45 minutes. Uh, so what, what is your excitement level for fresh? I'm going to go four on this one. Okay, good. All right. Then we have winning the rise of the Lakers. Oh, and by the way, fresh is on Hulu. Uh, we have winning the rise of the Lakers and this is on HBO max on the sixth. And it's the professional and personal lives of the 1980s Los Angeles Lakers, one of sports most revered and dominant dynasties, a team that defined an era both on and off the court. Uh, so are you much of a basketball fan? Um, kind of like most sports, I'm infatuated with what happened behind the scenes rather than uh. the actual game itself. Like I've, I can count the number of hockey games I've seen on one hand and have fingers to spare, but I love Miracle and I love the Mighty Ducks among yeah. other hockey movies. And honestly, uh, obviously the whole Laker dynasty was well before my time. However, I've seen, I've seen interviews and actually on the very same service that this is on, there's a great HBO sports documentary called Magic and Bird, A Courtship of Rivals which is phenomenal. It, it chronicles the whole Larry Bird versus Magic Johnson rivalry in about as good a fashion as you could ever hope for. So I am fascinated by this story. And considering the fact that this has Adam McKay behind it, which is a, which is a point of contention for some, I, I know people that are not big fans of his and his movies, I think I think he could bring a lot to this, especially because John C. Riley is in it, and he's pretty, he's good in most of the things that he's in. Yeah, it has a great cast. Uh, it's got uh, Gabby Hoffman, J yeah, John C. Riley, Jason Clark, Aiden Brody. Uh, but I think if this was a movie, I would probably watch it. But a series, I don't know if I'm going to watch it. I mean, it looked well done. But I just have to, I just don't have time to watch that many series, and I don't know if this one will will, uh, will uh, make it uh, make the cut for me. Uh, it's just for our subject matter and everything, but it looks pretty good. I I think I'd give it like two and a half. I think I'll go a little higher and say three. Okay, good. All right. Uh, so then we have 
turning red from Pixar. Oh boy. A 13-year-old girl named Mei Li turns into a giant red panda whenever she gets too excited. Uh, so I've already seen this. I already have my review. So I'll just let you, as far as you talk about it, your anticipation. Uh, what uh, what what do you think about this one? What are you what are you feeling? So I've seen the discourse regarding this movie online, and I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of I'm kind of dreading watching this because I know there is a chance that if I do not like it, there is going to be some general blowback in my direction which i mean i'm i'm not i i mean this is me like playing the smallest violin for myself i'm not i'm i'm not trying to say like oh woe is me but it just it feels like this movie has gotten a lot of love but the people who do not like this really do not like this so i'm going to keep an open mind like i always do if i don't like it I'm just going to say something about it. But I hope that it is good because Pixar has a pretty solid track record where even their kind of subpar ones are still pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I really struggled. I just thought, how can this possibly be the first Pixar movie I got rotten on? That just seems crazy. But there we go. That's the reality. And luckily, I would, uh, I haven't received too much pushback, hopefully, my review was well-written and, and people understood where I was coming from. But, or maybe they were just so upset with me about my Batman review that they didn't care about my Journey Red review. I don't know. I've had a, I need a win <laughs> very quickly because this is getting to, rough. <laughs> to be fair, your Batman review was very well-written. Thank and you. I, and even though I did love that movie, I do agree with a lot of what you said. So, Thank you. So there I appreciate it. And I appreciate that. It, it was uh, just a, an, a pretty intense couple of reviews. That's all I'm saying. But, uh, but yeah, so hopefully uh, you will enjoy it. What, what would you say your anticipation level, one to five? I'm going to say two. I have a feeling that, mm -hmm. it, and, and I'm prepared if, that, that if this movie is good, I will say it's good, but I'm... Mm -hmm. I'm going in with an open mind and let the chips fall wherever they may. Just give it to God. Let him take care of the rest, if you will. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. All right. Let's talk about We Crashed. This is greed-filled rise and the inevitable fall of WeWork, one of the world's most valuable startups, and the narcissists whose chaotic love made it all possible. The Sun, Apple TV... And uh, it's a stars Anne Hathaway and Jared Leto. And you got to give, I, I'm not the biggest Jared Leto fan in the world, but boy, I mean, he looks so different in every single one of his roles. Like, I didn't even know that was him at first. Yeah, yeah it was kind of like, like Colin Farrell in the Batman where he's like the penguin. He's like, there's no way this is the same yeah. He really does look so different. And I swear he even changes his height. I don't know how he does it. Like, he just looks so different. The, but, dude, uh, the dude's a chameleon. <laughs> That's the best way we can describe it. Like, he can go from something like the Joker to the one of the Super Mario Brothers in House of Gucci to something like We Crashed. It's, it's really just, he's really versatile. Yeah. And, and yeah, and it looked really, pretty good. And you got to give... Apple TV credit for being 
very quality conscious. Uh, I mean, I haven't watched every single thing, but everything that I have watched has been really good. And everything that I've heard other people talk about, like the morning show or something like that, that I haven't watched people have said is really good. So I do think that they have a, a pretty good track record of selecting what is Coda or Ted Lasso or, you know, they, they have a pretty good track record of picking good projects. So that makes me more, even more excited because the trailer was good. I thought. Yeah. One more word on Jared Leto. I actually, for an upcoming video, I watched Requiem for a dream for the first time. Ooh, I haven't, I haven't seen it, but I heard about it. <laughs> my, my word, that movie wrecked me, but that'll be for the video in question. Oh, look forward to it. I look forward seeing, to it. Seeing Jared Leto in that movie and seeing him in something like say Dallas Buyers Club or the aforementioned like House of Gucci, like the dude just goes from one thing to another. It's like, like you can't say he's been typecast because he just flows from one thing to another. And like, I am not like a humongous fan of his, but I give him credit for the commitment. Yeah. So what would you give this one? We crashed uh, out of five. I'm going to say three and a half. I like mm -hmm. stories like this. This feels, yeah. This kind of feels something like if they eventually make, and I hope they do, the Fire Festival series, not a documentary, but like a screen mm -hmm. series, I will be there day one because that thing fascinates me. Yeah, it didn't grab me as much as the dropout, but it still looked really good. And so I would also, I agree with you, three and a half. I think that's a good score. Okay, this one I admittedly put more in for myself than for you <laughs> but we have bridgerton season two and in in the second season of bridgerton it will focus on the love story of viscount anthony bridgerton played by jonathan bailey in let's see they said the omnipresent lady whistleton revealed that lord anthony bridgerton intends to dominate the social season <laughs> and i loved the first season of bridgerton it is very spicy do not watch it if you don't like spice in your shows. Uh, it is very spicy, but I really, really liked it. I, and it, there were a lot of cool touches. I mean, the the all the production design, the costumes, the acting, all great. Uh, but um, the they they also used modern music with like with traditional orchestrations which was really cool to all of a sudden have like Lady Gaga instrumental uh, <laughs> in, uh, in the, in the, you know, in the um, Bridgerton. It was, it was, there's had a lot of creative touches like that and everybody had great chemistry. And I wasn't like the biggest fan of Anthony in season one. He was kind of blah to me, but I'm just, I've really enjoyed the trailers. I've really enjoyed everything, the posters, everything. I mean, it's a little bit of a bummer because the Duke from season one isn't in this season and he was so dreamy. So that's a bit of a bummer. But nevertheless, I'm still super excited and uh, we're probably going to cover it in some fashion uh, over on Homemaker's podcast. So keep an eye out for that. I give it five. I, uh, from what I saw in the trailer, it did look interesting. I'll go three. This definitely yeah. is not really my really in my wheelhouse, but I w am willing to give it a chance. I mean, I'm at the tail end of Downton Abbey, so, you know, like, yeah. like I'm literally like, only a few episodes left in the series, and I've seen the first movie. Now I'm all set for the second movie. Yeah, this is definitely a little bit more spicy and, like, a little bit more whimsical, just like, 
it's, it's like a little bit more like a soap opera than Downton, but um, but still a, a lot of fun. So I don't know. Maggie Smith is pretty spicy in Downton Abbey <laughs> yeah, when she, she wants to. Spicy. Yeah, there's several <laughs> scenes where I'm just like, "That's your son. Why would you say that about him?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that and that's on Netflix. Uh, and so then we have Moon Knight. This is on Disney Plus. A former U.S. Marine struggling with dissociative identity disorder is granted the powers of an Egyptian moon god, but he soon finds out that these newfound powers can be both a blessing and a curse to his troubled life. So it's hard not to, I think, be excited about this project when you've got Oscar Isaac, one of the best actors that we have working today. I mean, I personally am a pretty big fan of the MCU. They've had their hits and misses. But I, in general, have, have enjoyed them. And you've got Ethan Hawke as the villain. That's going to be fun. He's a great actor. And so, yeah, I think it looks pretty good. I liked the trailer. What do you think? I liked this trailer as well. And, you know, with the recent announcement that the Marvel Netflix shows are going to be crossing over to, to Disney+, Plus. And I, I'm not sure how I would feel about them actually doing this, but if they maybe incorporated the Daredevil stuff and the Jesse Jones stuff into, say, stuff like Moon Knight, I wouldn't be completely opposed to that. I kind of hope they do something like that. Yeah, that and, would be fun. Especially, especially with a tease at the end of Eternals that Blade might be coming and Mahershala Ali's playing him. It's like... Kevin Feige's kind of like the rainmaker. It's like we're, it's like it's his world and we're just living in it. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever catch up on Loki? No, I, I, I do plan on it eventually. But like I said, those Disney Plus shows, like after the ending of WandaVision, I was just like, I don't know. They just kind of left me in the cold. And then episode one of Falcon and Winter Soldier, I was just like, I'm not sure about this. And then I just never came back. Yeah, yeah. I I I think the Falcon and Winter Soldier was the weakest in my opinion. Uh, I still got some entertainment value, uh, but I loved Loki, and I actually thought Hawkeye was great as well. It, I somehow managed to find a time to watch it during Christmas season. <laughs> like five million um, Hallmark movies with some Hawkeye squeezed <laughs> in between. And you've got to watch Hawkeye if if anything, just for the first episode, I don't know if you've heard about it, but I, I won't spoil it, but it, it was very funny. Was I very did good. watch about 20 minutes of it and the Rogers oh, okay. musical kind the of- The Rogers musical, wasn't that great? I thought it was hilarious. I'll be the turd in the punch bowl. It made me a little mad because- Oh no. So, it was so inaccurate. Ant-Man wasn't even at the Battle of New York. If they're referring to the one from 2012, if they're talking about the one from Endgame, okay, then fine. But if but he wasn't even close to the Battle of New York in 2012. Yeah. So I don't know. I just thought it was really funny. I yeah, I enjoyed it very much. But anyway, it was honestly uh, intriguing though, seeing the Thanos was right written on the urinal. It was like, mm-hmm. hmm. I yeah. hope they at least go in a direction like this. I mean, they did say in Endgame that that the that the world was kind of like healing a little but yeah. i mean at the same time keeping when you see something back. similar to that in no in no way home yeah that is very true mm-hmm. so it's i hope that feige is slowly kind of building up like a 
planting the seeds of like, hey, maybe these heroes aren't so much heroes after all, and then lead into secret invasion and just blow everyone's minds. Yeah, it could be fun. Uh, I yeah, I give this one a four. I'm pretty excited about it. I I think it looks good. Yeah, four as well. I I love Oscar Isaac. Uh, I love Ethan Hawke, which is a little funny. He complained about the MCU a really long time ago, and now he's basically in it. So, yep. Yeah. <laughs> taking that piece of humble pie, I see. <laughs> All right. And next we have Against the Ice, and this is going to be on Netflix, and it is. In 1909, two explorers fight to survive after they're left behind while on, on a Denmark expedition in ice-covered Greenland. And this stars Nic- Nicola Koster La- uh, Waldu. <laughs> Close enough. I, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gotten it. So <laughs> From Game of Thrones. <laughs> Charles Dance. Uh, and it looked pretty good. I thought it looked pretty intense and exciting. I thought... What did you think? It's like this and Infinite Storm. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for Infinite Storm, but this is like the year of people getting trapped in the snow. <laughs> like, if you really think about it. This trailer looked fascinating. I've seen an early review of it on RogerEbert.com, and it was honestly very positive. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go four on this one. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think I'll go four as well. I, I hope I have time to watch it that's my one for you i'm so busy right now but it looks it looks good um all right so then we have the adam project and this is a time traveling pilot teams up with his younger self and his late father to come up with to come to terms with his past while saving the future so it's got ryan reynolds and jennifer garner mark ruffalo zoe saldana uh what did you think about the trailer this is a five out the door. When I saw this trailer, I was like, this is my wheelhouse right here. It cannot be any more in my wheelhouse than this. I'm so hoping that this is as good as the trailer makes it out to be. Yeah, and I guess it is also coming to the theaters, which could be fun. So yeah. we'll get a chance to... Um, in that uh, case, maybe my Daytona Luxury Theater might end up getting it because that's, yeah. how, I, that's how I saw Army of the Dead. I ended up seeing it at my luxury theater they ended up getting it for like a one or two night engagement and i saw it there yeah it looked pretty fun to me as well and some nice emotion great talent so i agree i think i can i mean i i think i would say like a four i think i'd say four okay so then we have master and this is two african-american women begin to share disturbing experiences at a predominantly white college in new england so i actually have already seen this i saw this at sundance and i thought it was a pretty solid little thriller i thought it was entertaining i was engaged and uh, i think that regina king is is good uh, in her, the role uh, it does definitely get a little silly at times um with some of the reveals of course i won't spoil um but and it's also a lot if you don't like bugs if you think bug horror is gross and you don't like that then it's not the movie for you there's a lot of gross bugs <laughs> but uh yeah overall i i did i think i gave it a three out of five yeah i'll go the same score it looks intriguing enough but i feel like i have to see it in order to like get an accurate response to it and also 
Shout out to Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom for giving me many, not many a nightmare in that scene where the <laughs> uh, short oh, yeah, round almost gross. gets squashed and he has to look through the bug infested window and is like, Willie, we are going to die. <laughs> that was so gross. Uh, all right. Then we have Cheaper by the Dozen. This is on the 18th. This is Disney+. Plus. The raucous exploits of a blended family of 12, the Bakers, as they navigate a hectic home life while simultaneously managing their family business. Now, the only thing that I, I just resent a little bit about this movie and the Steve Martin ones is that there's a great book called Cheaper by the Dozen about a it's about a movement a um, time movement specialist and so he what he would do and it's a real real person gilbreth um frank gilbreth he would go into uh he would go into factories and we'd figure out how they could optimize movements so that things could get done faster and better so then he would apply those same methods to his kids to kind of semi-disastrous results and he had 12 kids and and it's a very funny lovely one of my favorite books uh it was one of my favorite books of my childhood i just love it so i i wish that these movies like i, I even if you're not gonna have a a emotion study expert i wish that they at least maybe put in some parts of the book like if you're gonna name it cheaper by the dozen i wish it was like a little bit but it's not at all they don't even have the same name this time that they have the bakers this looks perfectly cute it'll be fine i think but um i don't know i just because i love the book so much i just wish that it was a little more of that in into um this movie but uh what did you think of the trailer I think I'm going to go two and a half. I think it looks, mm -hmm. like I said, it looks funny enough, but I, uh, but I think it could devolve into, oh no, something got spilled, wah, yeah. wah, like something like that. Yeah, and we have Zach Braff, Gabrielle Union in this as the parents. Yeah, so yeah, I'd probably give it a two as well. Okay, then we have Windfall, and it's a man breaks into a tech billionaire's empty vacation home, but things go sideways when the arrogant mogul and his wife arrive for a last-minute getaway, and this is on Netflix on the 18th. The only thing that's a little bit weird to me, because I thought this trailer was excellent and it's, it's you know, got a great cast, is I'm, I'm kind of confused about why this one went straight to Netflix. This seems like, seems like a got everything to be a successful little thriller you know little horror movie um but it's uh it's going to netflix but it's got um lily collins jesse plemons jason siegel in it what what do you think of the trailer i was not a fan to be perfectly mm. honest i love i love the individual parts jesse plemons is slowly becoming one of my favorite like character actors if we're yeah. still calling him that like i love he's excellent Brandon. I loved to hate him in Breaking Bad. He was awesome there. Uh, he was great in Game Night, a really mm -hmm. underrated comedy that that hopefully more people see in the future because it's really good. And he can often be good in like serious stuff like The Irishman. The dude is versatile. Power of the Dog, he's nominated for an Oscar. Well, I haven't this seen season. the movie, but I hope he wins. Just <laughs> for love. Yeah. But um, I don't know. This just... I was watching this and I was thinking to myself, what is this movie about? I mean, 
it obviously you read the description, but it just it just feels very confusing. And I feel like it's going to be one of those message movies that if I watch it, it's just going to be like, spare me, spare me. Like the the one line where where the billionaire is like, do you know how hard it is to be a rich white man in 2022? And like, oh yeah, it's true. one of those movies, isn't it? And I'm just I thought that was kind of a joke. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it is, but it just. It's just, I don't know, that part just made me cringe. It, it was just, I was just not a fan. I can see that. I, I don't know. I thought it looked like it could be a, a fun little thriller. I, I'd give it like a three for me. Okay, so then we have Gaming Wall Street. This is a documentary. Explores the short squeeze of GameStop on 2021 and how a group of armchair investors and online vigilantes ultimately helped expose the dark underbelly of Wall Street. This is on HBO Max. Uh, what did you think of this uh, trailer? Uh, this looks fascinating because I remember, I remember when um, when this whole thing happened. I was sitting there like, okay, seriously, what's going on here? And literally, like just about over a year later, I still don't know what happened. It involves yeah. short selling and just a bunch of other things and like just like kind of steal, like like taking a lot of money from a lot of wealthy people and people got a lot of satisfaction of, over that, which I mean, okay, fine. But I just, I, I do kind of love documentaries like this, like these stories that, and even though this did get a lot of publicity at the time, I still am, I'm still fuzzy about what the whole thing was about to begin with. I'm, I'm going to go four on this one. I think it has the potential to be like a sleeper hit of, of the yeah. year. Yeah. I feel like this has the potential to be like the McMillions of uh, 2020, which was a docuseries on HBO Max I loved at the beginning of the pandemic. And uh, I remember when this was happening and just vaguely hearing about it, but not really understanding like you, not really understanding what everyone was talking about. So I'm really going to, I'm really looking forward to seeing this uh, this documentary and kind of learning more about what was going on. Like every dude around my age was like, I'm trading stonks, bro. You know, like, yeah, mm-hmm. what is happening? <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this a four point five. I'm really looking forward to it. What about you? What do you give it? Oh, I said four already. But oh, uh, sorry. But sorry. yeah, I, I, hopefully it explains the whole the whole thing because it's just. It just feels like a lot of people just like talking like out of their like talking yeah. out of both sides of their neck. <laughs> okay. Then we have uh, Lucy and Desi. This is on Amazon and it's this film will explore the rise of comedian icon Lucille Ball, her relationship with Desi Arnaz and how their groundbreaking sitcom. I love Lucy forever changed Hollywood cementing her legacy long after her death. And this is directed by Amy Poehler, which is kind of fun, and the comedian. And I actually have seen this. I saw this at Sundance, and I I enjoyed it. I thought it was a you know it, it doesn't break the mold as far as the celebrity doc. It's it's pretty basic. But I didn't know as much about the two of them and their studio, Desi Lou's Studios, and how like prolific that was, and how many projects they got off the ground. And I would say almost more of this movie is about that than about the show, the I Love Lucy show. And 
that was nice. And I, I just felt like it was so much better than the uh, being the Ricardos, which I didn't care for. So this was kind of refreshing to see and get what I felt like was the real true story. Uh, so what do you think? Did this look interesting to you? It, it did. You know, in the trailer, they showed that they got an interview from like from Norman Lear, who was a big deal in television in the late 60s and early 70s. And of course, afterwards, but he produced one of my favorite sitcoms, All in the Family. My, my dad and I still quote it to this very day. And so it's just it's just nice to see him. I I I had no idea he was still alive, but I'm just happy to see him. And I have no real exposure to I Love Lucy. I mean, I know I know the intro. I know who Lucille Ball is. I know the whole chocolate on the conveyor belt thing because it was parody on Drake and Josh. So I know I know what I know I love Lucy. I just haven't really seen it. So hopefully this documentary does a good job of like explaining who she is. Because there were several scenes in the trailer where I was like, wait. She was tried for communism. I had no idea. Like that—that's that, just just fascinates me. Yeah, I give it an eight out of ten uh, for my score. So basically, a four out of five, uh, and that is going to be on Amazon. Uh, it is actually already on Amazon. Okay, then we have another documentary: uh, the Bad Vegan, Fame, Fraud, and Fugitives. And this, it's uh, after marrying a mysterious man who claimed he could make her dog immortal, a celebrated vegan restaurant restaurateur finds her life veering off the rails. Talk about so, a sucker born every minute. <laughs> <laughs> not, so what did you, the, not because of the vegan part, but because of the marrying a dude that she never met and promising to make her dog live forever. That's that, the, that was wild. And I guess this is a three-part uh document docu-series documentary and it's gonna be released on the 16th uh i thought the trailer looked pretty good i was entertained i could not give this a harder five even if i wanted to it was (laughs) it's gonna be basically produced by the same people who did fire the part the greatest party that never was or or the greatest party that never happened excuse me and uh and tiger king which I don't think this series will capture the zeitgeist in the same way, but Tiger King was just endlessly captivating. And I have a feeling that if the cards are played right, then Bad Vegan will definitely be along those same lines. When I was watching this trailer, I was thinking there was a part where she like got arrested for ordering pizza or or like she got called out for it. I'm like, wait a minute, pizza's a, and I'm like, Oh, the cheese. Oh, that's why she she got called out because cheese is not vegan. And so it, it it took me a second. Yeah, yeah. So I think it looks really good. I agree with you. Five. I'm definitely gonna check it out. Uh so then we have Bubble, the movie, and this is a group of actors and actresses stuck inside a pandemic bubble at a hotel attempts to complete a film. And this is by director Steven Soderbergh, and he certainly has done a lot of good stuff. Um, it looked pretty. Oh wait, no, that's something different. Never mind. Sorry. I was um, going to say, like that dude is so busy because he <laughs> released a movie earlier this year, Kimmy, which is my second favorite movie of the year. If you all yeah. haven't checked that out, please do. It is awesome. 
that's a different bubble. This bubble movie is directed by Judd Apatow and written by Judd Apatow. And it has a great, it has a huge cast. Karen Gillum, uh, Fred Armston, David Duchovny, Keegan-Michael Key, Leslie Mann, Kate McKinnon, Pedro Pascal. Great cast. I have to say, I, I chuckled, but I'm a little bit nervous because I, again, I feel like, why is this going straight to Netflix? A lot of those straight to Netflix comedies are really bad. <laughs> ridiculous six has entered the chat yeah exactly <laughs> yeah what do you think avatar does have a pretty good track record not gonna lie I i'm gonna give this one a three and a half i have the i'm a little scared that this is gonna be just all pandemic jokes which i'm not above joking about something like that but mm. I watch movies to escape i don't need reminded that and covid is severely lessened nowadays but i don't need constant reminder of what was going on but however there is potential to make something funny out of it so yeah. i i'm hoping for the best so uh, yeah i agree i'd probably give it a three because i'm not the biggest judd apatow fan but uh but the trailer did make me chuckle and has a great cast so we'll see all right then we have the offer and this is going to be on paramount plus and it is uh, Oscar-winning producer Albert S. Ruddy's never-before-revealed experience of making The Godfather. And this has great cast as well. It's got Miles Teller playing Albert, uh, Justin Chambers, Juno Temple from Ted Lasso, Dan Fogler, Matt, Matthew Good. Uh, and I think that it looked pretty good. I'm curious. You know, I, I, a lot of these sort of, I don't know, you think about something like, um, was it called the one about citizen kane i can't think of the name all of a sudden Mank. mank yeah and that was that was interesting but like not my favorite uh you know i just hope it's not a gimmick i hope it's actually you know well done and good uh good good movie but uh what do you think of the trailer i think it looks interesting um when i was preparing for my godfather review for the afi project while the godfather is excellent one of the finest movies ever made it, learning about the context of the movie was originally supposed to be set in the early 70s in Kansas, which seems like it might as well be taking place on another planet because that movie yeah, is that's so, crazy. so intertwined with like late 1940s New York City and then Godfather 2 into like the late 50s Las Vegas, of course. But just thinking about how that was supposed to like, like, like like Don Corleone making an offer he can't refuse in like a sea of like bell-bottom pants. It like it just makes no sense. So I'm giving this one a four just because I have the context of that history. And hopefully if the cards are played right, my favorite phrase, if the cards are played right, then this could be really fascinating. So our last uh, oh yeah, I agree, and I give you give the same score. So our last one is Operation Mincemeat, and this is on Netflix, and this is in April, April twenty second, and it's during World War II. Two intelligence officers use corpse and false papers to outwit German troops, and I have to admit, the most exciting thing about this to me is it has both Darcys in it. <laughs> it's got Colin Firth and Matthew McFadden. Which is oh wow. Great. 2005 in, Darcy and 1995 Darcy together in, at last. You're in heaven. That's right. <laughs> um, but 
but it does i think it looks good i i guess it played in in england last year and so now it's finally coming over here but uh but it looked like a good story to me Which yeah one? it yeah it does look good i'm a sucker for world war ii movies and I also have a, a weird soft spot for the subgenre of World War II submarine movies. I love, I love a movie called Run Silent, Run Deep, starring Burt Lancaster and Clark Gable. I recommend everyone check that out. I have not seen U five seven one, though I remember liking it. So it's like I'm, I am looking forward to this one. If, it's funny, I was watching this, I'm like, Operation Mincemeat. You know, I remember there was a time when I thought it was like an actual meat dish, but it, no, it's actually like a fruit and nut. Raisins. Kind of, or, thank you, nuts and raisins kind of thing. I'm like, <laughs> uh, who, what were people drinking when they came up with the name for that? But I think sometimes they use beef fat in it. I think I've heard that before. But I, I could be wrong. <laughs> Either anyway, way, it's not very American. <laughs> I'm me. going I'm going four on this one. I have a soft spot for these kinds of movies, and hopefully, yeah. it's going to be really, really good. Yeah, I think so too. So, let us know if you're listening what you think of these various movies. Are you excited? If you've seen some of them, uh, then let us know what you ended up giving them. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And Ryan, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at RyanCam20. You can also find my reviews on my YouTube channel and at Bananameter.com. So you have two different avenues there. Uh, yes. Coming up on the coming up on the channel this week, I've got reviews coming for Unbreakable and my Better Than You Remember series, uh, Twilight Zone vlog for the episode Nick of Time, which was the debut of William Shatner to the series. And of course, he'd be in in episodes like Murder and 10,000 Feet, but this was his debut, and it's a pretty good episode. Um, I'll be covering Turning Red, Fresh, and, and The Atom Project once they all drop. And then on Sunday will be my first reaction to Requiem for a Dream, which I did which I did tease pretty much just destroyed me for like a couple hours and maybe even a little longer. So definitely be checking that out and also uh by the time this airs it will have already been uploaded but on wednesday my my friend jacob and i will be dropping our huge the batman review episode of the life in the movies podcast so you all be sure to check that out cool yeah definitely you should all check it out and uh, you should check out, I'm still in Jane Austen month going on. Uh, so we've got a lot of fun stuff going on there. So make sure you take a look at that for Family Movie Night. And uh, a lot of exciting stuff at the Homeworkies podcast. We had our Homeworkies podcast awards, which was very exciting. I worked really hard on that one. So take a look at that. We're, we're starting up When Calls the Heart uh, over there. So take a look at that. And uh, thanks so much, everybody. Please, if you're listening on iTunes, please, uh, if you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews five stars. It helps us so much. And if you're watching on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. You can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. And then we also have the patron group and merch store. We're actually having tonight in the patron group where have or tomorrow uh, when this airs tomorrow, we are having uh, actor Will Kemp on uh, for our Q and A for this month's patron event. Uh, it's a, it's a, going to be a lot of fun. He's super nice. And uh, so 
check that out. We'd love your support. And uh, thanks so much. It's always fun. And we'll talk to you all next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.